Hi, this is Craig Tucker, Director of the Office of Supportive Services. The Office of Supportive Services houses two opportunity programs, the Arthur O. Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program, otherwise known as HOP, and TRIO Student Support Services, otherwise known as SSS. This podcast is Song Share, Episode 1, Side B. The purpose of a Song Share podcast is to highlight music worth talking about and give staff and students at Syracuse University an opportunity to connect across differences. In this episode, the students created the four-song playlist. SSS sophomore Hannah Gonzalez and HOP senior Richard Hall chose Hotline Bling by Drake. You used to call me on my cell phone Day night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. I Care For You by Aaliyah. Frank Ocean self control. Could I make it shine on the last night? Could we make it in? Do we have time? I be the boyfriend in your wet dreams tonight. If you want to listen to the full four song playlist before listening to the podcast, we've included it in the link below. Hannah and Richard sat down with SSS Associate Director Amy Measure Smith and OSS Educational Assistant Nick Piatto to see what they thought of the four songs they chose. Take a listen. All right, so here we are again. So this is episode one, part B, um, because for part A, Nick and I chose four songs that you guys listened to and we had a really good discussion about. And now uh, the tables have kind of turned. Ha, 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 turn tables. (laughs) (laughs) And the students picked two songs and created a four-song playlist. And Nick and I had to listen to it. And so here we are to discuss your picks. And I have to say, this was really fun. Did you like the songs? Did you know of any of them already? I did not. Uh, no, wait. The, the Aaliyah song, <laughs> I think I had heard. Wow. Um, but the other three I had never heard. So you never heard Hotline Bling. That no, was like never? the song of a year. Like that was like Seriously? the song. Uh, yeah. What yeah. year was that? I can't oh. remember. Was it 20? Not 2017. Was it like probably like 16 or 15? Something around them, right? Yeah. Whenever view, it's views, right? It's from the views. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like the song of that year. <laughs> he released it as a single at first. Yeah. Somehow I managed to miss it. Oh my god! And Olivia Rodrigo, like this just came out, and this is like this has been a discussion for a while. Mm, yeah, especially yeah, she kind of like blew up, but yeah. I credit Disney for that. <laughs> for sure. Wait, she was on Disney. Yeah, yeah, like that's why people know her. Oh, like the new like they got like some High School Musical show. Oh, out. oh my god, you're right. High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, like, that's how people, like, know her. 
And gotcha. Disney create a lot of stars, so hey. Mm-hmm. Didn't Drake come from Disney? Oh no, no. Oh, that was like, yeah, that was like oh, Teen Nick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that show. <laughs> that good. yeah, that was a good show. I might have to like rewatch it. Yeah, now. me too. That's from so like funny. the start. <laughs> so he's Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Really quickly, could mm. one of you guys give the artists and the names of the songs? What are the songs we listened to this week? Well, so the songs that I chose were Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo and Hotline Bling by Drake. And Rashad chose um, Self Control by Frank Ocean and I Care For You by Aaliyah. Can you guys say why you chose those songs? The first one I chose was Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. I chose it because last week in Sound Lab, we were talking about, like, um, picking out, like, the different points of a song. So, like, the the intro, the chorus, like, the bridge. And, like, we kind of spoke about this song because it had a, a strong resemblance to Paramore's Misery Business. And so I was like, oh, like, this would be a good one to talk about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't know exactly why I chose Hotline Bling. I think I was just listening to it that day, and I was like, this could be like a discussion. Mm-hmm. My songs, I was struggling to pick songs. I mean, I did know from like the start when I do choose a song that Ali is going to be one of the artists that I choose. I just didn't know which song, but I was struggling to find another song. Like, I had a list of artists. And then I'm like, okay. Then one night I was just like listening to music. Then the Frank Ocean song came on. I'm like, okay. This song is going to be a part of it as well. So then I was just struggling to find the Aaliyah song that I wanted to pick. But the Frank Ocean song, I mean, I just feel like he always makes great music, but like he's not talked about as much. I think because like he's like not really one of those artists that stays in the spotlight. So mm-hmm. I decided to pick one of his songs. And then like Aaliyah, like I feel like I've been like, I don't want to say obsessed, but, like, <laughs> I feel like, because I'm young, so it's like, I wasn't, like, old enough to listen to her music when it first came out, but, like, my, like, family did play her music a lot, like, while I was young, so when I got older, I'm like, who is this person? Like, I kept, like, remembering the songs in my head, and then, like, when I, like, you know, was old enough to do, to do my own research on her, I was like, oh, like, her music is not out no more, so then now it finally came out, like, what, last month, and, like, I think... They got two more um, albums coming out tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, not tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night for her. So, like, I was like, okay, I need to pick an Aaliyah song, and I picked this one. Nice. That's wild to think. Like, I remember when Aaliyah was, you know, in her prime. I want to say it was around 2000. And um, it's crazy to think that that was 20 years ago and that the the students who are in school right now at Syracuse – that was before you guys were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it's not like a lot of other, like, older artists that, like, like younger people know them now. Like, a lot of people don't know her because she wasn't on streaming services until, yeah. like, very recently. This album, I think this album came out, like, a month before she passed. So mm-hmm. she didn't even get to, like, really enjoy, like, the release of the album. So, and I just feel like she's one of those artists, like he said, because, like, the streaming, like, Music went into streaming services and stuff like that. And a lot of the young kids, like, they don't appreciate old music, like, <laughs> like that much. So it's like, mm. I need to choose her. So what song should we start with? Before we start, can we can we talk about the themes? The themes. Yeah. Because yeah, what's the themes? I'm, yeah. Because I did not pick up on any themes. I noticed, like, a big overarching 
I was thinking, like, based off the lyrics, because, like, when I'm, like, listening to the song or, like, reading the lyrics, I don't see, like, a, like, official indication that it is an ex. So, like, I'm mm -hmm. just thinking, like, okay, like, That's what if it's, like, a long-distance relationship because he's mm. saying, like, what, he, what she used to do. So, like, she used to call him late night. Like, he's, like, saying how, like, now she got him stressed. Like now she's starting to wear less and now she's starting to hang out with people that like he's never been used to seeing her with. So I'm thinking about like what if it's like a long distance relationship. Yeah, especially because he's talking about living in the city, leaving yeah. the city. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it doesn't truly say that it's an ex. I guess I kind mm -hmm. of made that assumption so based I. on some of the lyrics. But yeah, that's a great point, Richard. That's an interesting dimension to the song is, yeah. Yeah. What was the relationship? And, like, I think, Hannah, that point you made about, like, how you don't like what he's actually saying in the mm -hmm. lyrics, I think is a problem that a lot of people have with Drake's music overall. Like, the way that he talks about women and, like, his 
positionality to wealth and how that makes him kind of immune to a lot of uh, criticism. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you as you listen to more Drake to really dig into that idea. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I'm not familiar with Drake. Yeah, I mean, like his, and I'm not a total Drake hater. I'm kind of like, I don't know indifferent in my opinion I gotta dig in more but like on his latest album a lot of people had the criticism that like he just he's just talking about how much money he has and like that makes him like the greatest of all time and how many streams he gets right like he's the one that gets like the most streams in this day and age you know and you know there's the arguments to be made like does that make you a great artist just because you have a lot of money and you get the most streams right does that let you say whatever you want you know like and I've heard that comment about like how he talks about women can be like pretty objectifying but like in a softer way than a lot of other hip-hop like he's not you know calling them like bitches and hoes you know but like he's making it seem like it's like a feelings thing so it's more nuanced I mean, if you sing it right, like, you can make anything sound right, good. That's right, That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, You're like, the beat is good, the, the mm-hmm. voice is good, and you're like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> and then you take a step back and you're like, what am I actually listening to? Like, this this isn't me. This isn't what I like. Mm. I think, like, my biggest, like, part was, like, when he's like, you always used to stay home, be a good girl. Ooh. You should just be yourself. You're being someone else. Like... I don't even think that, like, necessarily means that, like, just because she's going out now and doing things that, like, she's a different person. It's just, like, even though in, it was, like, a, I guess a situationship, if you want to call it like that. like An entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me started with entanglement. I have so many feelings about that. Yeah. He made that um, word. Uh, he made a song for that word. Oh, my God. It. <laughs> it was so bad. It's the way the internet was dragging Will Smith and... Uh-huh. Injured. It was so bad. But I don't know. Like, it's also, like, transition when, like, someone who's a part of your life is no mm. longer a part of your life. You have to, like, adjust who you are and, like, what your life looks like and what you do just to, like, move on and, like, have closure. Yeah. I think, like, the power of this, too, is, like, we've probably all felt this in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone else is moving on without you, there is that tinge of jealousy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what you do with that jealousy, I think, is important. And his is to kind of, like, put it on her, mm-hmm. you know? And we don't know if they broke up either. That's a great point that you had made, Richard. But mm-hmm. that's just kind of how I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, he thinks that she's changed, but, like, who is he to define who she is? Mm-hmm. You know? who who Like, that, that seems kind of like an overstep, like, to accuse her of changing mm-hmm. when it's like, no, she's driving her own behavior. Hmm. But also, what is he doing now that they're not together? Yeah, that's the real question. He, yeah. Is he sitting at home and he feels miserable and he's like, oh, like she's out and I'm not? Like, mm. I don't know. That's true. Like musically, too, a point that I thought was really interesting was like the way he ends the song. I don't know if you noticed, but like it ends this like the same way that it begins. Like if you listen to it, it ends with what is in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I was reading online that, like, it makes it sound like it's supposed to just be played on a loop, like, over and over, right? And if you remember, like, this song basically was played on a loop that entire <laughs> yeah. year, Wait, you know? Wait, I just got exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, oh it God. starts with that beat again, right? Yeah. That's right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, right. like, what an amazing, like, musical technique 
to like make sure that it seems like it's just it never ends right mm-hmm. and it did it that whole year <laughs> oh my god no because we were all eating it up when it came out right? let's not even lie that, that. <laughs> i was like oh my god yes and then there were the memes about because if you saw the music video i don't mm. know if you did like I went and watched he it. was dancing and like the way he was moving they like they photoshopped it so like pizzas were like coming out of his hand he was like distributing pizzas <laughs> So so that's a really interesting observation about the looping. Do you think it has anything to do with the content of the song too? Because, you know, thinking about how your inner dialogue can be circular and obsessive. Ooh. And if you're like, you know, dealing with the loss of somebody, like y- you can kind of get stuck. And so maybe yeah. that can be part of the looping concept too. Yeah, that's an amazing point. I hadn't thought it. Like, this is just running through his mind, right? Like, over and over every night. Like, you can't get over it. Yeah. Wow. I actually That's really like point. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we tell him? No. <laughs> <laughs> Someone call him Drake. <laughs> you know what? We should have the artists on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> so they can explain their side. Yeah. All right. Any other? Oh, the video. Okay. So I went and watched the video and Mm -hmm. I have seen the memes of the video. I just (laughs) didn't realize what I was looking at. Um, It's interesting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with James Terrell. He's like a light artist. He does like exhibits of light. And to me, it looks like he he built the set. I have to look into that. Um, But it did kind of look like a modern art exhibit. Mm. But the... The video, I'm like, is he listening to different music than what's playing? Because his dancing is so hard. <laughs> his song is so mellow. Is that intentional? Like He dances like that. Mm. No matter what the song. It's like his signature dance moves. Like yeah. it's very like, I don't know, just like the motion is very Drake. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know how like everybody got a certain like no go-to dance move. Like you know like Diddy, like his, the Diddy bop. Um, so it's like, yeah. Mm, that's his thing. Just like Drake's little bop. <laughs> it just seemed to not align with the song. Or is yeah. that, that, that's just me. No, no. He was off beat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was off beat. Maybe he copyrighted it and he has to use those moves. Yeah. <laughs> he can't like stray away from that now. Oh, great transition. Great thing in podcasting is the transition. And you just hit us with a good one with the copyright. Because we were talking about oh. that with the other song. Oh the God, copyright. <laughs> so I can transition. Yeah. Wait, I just want to make I just want to make one last point about sure. the Drake video. I did think that it was kind of refreshing to see the use of, and this sounds very objectifying, but the use of women in the video. Mm. I feel like they weren't hypersexualized. They did kind of stand around like objects. I think that that's one of the critiques of music videos is women mm. are literally props, like cars or women or pools. Or, But I feel like at least in this video that they weren't hypersexualized, that they were, it was, it was kind of refreshing. Like mm. they were, um, their movements and, and um, you know, the, the choice of what they were wearing, I thought that that was like, so I I didn't see the music video. Yeah, I don't really me know. Neither. I gotta go back and watch yeah. it. It's been a long time since I saw the video. What were they wearing in the music video? Just like athletic gear. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was probably his brand. Maybe so. that's what it was. Yeah. 
Interesting. <laughs> Promotion in the video. That's yeah. Promotion in the video. Does that flip your, flip your uh, take? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> the motives weren't as wholesome as I thought. Right. We'll have to research. We can't. We don't know that yet. Just yeah. a theory. All right, Hannah. Determined. Okay, and I guess the next song is Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. This song is very popular right now. It's mm-hmm. it's um it's off her um new album, um Sour. And I think she released this as a single first and then the album. I just chose it because like it's like kinda catchy and like we already have so many thoughts about it. So mm-hmm. I'll open up the floor for you guys. Definitely catchy. What do you think for Shard? It was catchy, but like it was like kind of hard. Like just not like listening to the song, but like just like getting into her as an artist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't know. I kept getting like a familiar sound from her. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, like when I look at artists, I want to hear something different usually. But like she do have like other songs mm-hmm. that like you know makes her stand out. Mm-hmm. Some of them like puts her in like the same category as other artists. But that's what I was getting from the song. Like it's catchy, yeah. But, but it like, didn't like yeah, like break any yeah. So it's like I, that's like I asked myself like the question like so do some artists make certain songs that they know are catchy that will be like a radio friendly song like you know to get the streams, and then mm. they also have some songs where like you know they put their all into it and that's like really like them like in a way like. That's the type of song it like it describes them like, like you know, it like um, expresses like their personality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You you raise an amazing point that we're actually gonna be talking about a bit in this Friday's class because we're talking about genre um, and like pop as a genre, right? Like the point is for it to be popular, right? Like that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. So like to get those streams, like. You know, and there is, like, a formula, like, literal people who write pop songs. Really? Like, sometimes, yeah, like, Ma- um, Max Martin is a really famous uh, pop music producer. And there's a formula. Like, there's certain, like, sounds, certain keys that will, like, make your song more likely to be a hit, right? This isn't meant to be experimental, right? This isn't, like, the Frank Ocean one, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not pushing boundaries in terms of sound or lyric, right? The point is, like, to blow up on TikTok, to be popular, right? Yeah, nowadays. You know? But I also feel like knowing a little bit of her background because, like, you know, just, like, looking at the, looking into the media and stuff like that, and, like, when she, like, became popular, and I see the title, like, good for you, I know, like, she was dating her co-star, mm. and, like, they kind of bro- broke up or whatever, and then she had the whole song Driver's License, which was like actually a good song. So I feel like that song was like, you know, from like the, the heart probably because like she had like went through a breakup. And I feel like maybe this album was like influenced by like the heartbreak she experienced. But like whoever did the writing or like co-wrote with her probably, like you said, did it. So it could be like a like a popular song, like popular like type of like music that would get some streams, but also like, make it popular, but make it Olivia. Mm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, huh? I think that point is really interesting, that, mm. that you're, like, you're kind of raising two sides. Like, this is, like, like a testament to, like, her breakup and that experience, but also, like, what sells. Mm. I personally think that, like, also she's, like, 
she's like a teenage girl, you know? She's mm. going to like what teenage girl typically like. She's, like, very open about being a Taylor Swift stan. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, like, influences, like, the kind of, like, music she likes and listens to. So she's kind of making what she what she knows and likes. Yeah. But I also agree with the point of, like, what sells. That's such a big topic nowadays. Or, like, make it trendy. So I definitely agree with that point. And it's, like, interesting that you brought up Taylor Swift because, like, I feel like in Taylor Swift's, like, earlier days, because, like, you know, like, she's been, like, open about, like, how she's been, like, manipulated by, like, like the, the industry, yeah, the industry mm-hmm. and, like, her labels and stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of her songs, like, in the beginning of her career was, like, you know, made to be popular. Because she would start off as a country artist, right? Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden she became a pop artist out of nowhere. And <laughs> now, like... I think she's like an independent artist and like one of the most popular independent artists because like you know she's not signed with no label but like the music she makes now it's like yeah she did drop a pop album but I believe like the last two albums that she dropped was like alternative very folk and yeah yeah so it was like okay this is like a different side of her so mm-hmm. like of course like a lot of people like looked up Taylor Swift but it's like was that the real Taylor because mm-hmm. now she's un- like has her own control over her music her genres for the last two albums was um, alternative. You know, it's funny. We had this debate with, um, you know, friends years ago. And it's always kind of stuck with me because the debate was, what is harder to write, a pop song (laughs) or an artsy song? And I initially thought, like, an artsy song, obviously. <laughs> but then the the counter argument was, no, it's pop songs. Because if you can write a pop song that's popular, everybody would be doing it. Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. would be making money. And every, you know, so it's like, so anybody could sit there and hit the same seven keys on a piano and, you know, recite some, you know, random words and call it a poem and, you know, mm-hmm. make an artsy song. And I feel like it's only easy to make a popular song when you build up. Like when you build yourself up to like, like be that type of artist, like where like you put out a song and like everybody is just eating it up, like mm-hmm. the like people, yeah, like Same. people are gonna like you know immediately like stream it, like just because of who you are, rather mm-hmm. than like if it's like a good quality song. That's a great point. Like popular music, like what is the purpose of that? Does that mm-hmm. reflect the artistry, or is that the influence of the industry? We could really dig into that. Right. Yeah. One one thing that I will give Olivia Rodrigo mm. credit for is that she's listed as um, one of the songwriters. Mm-hmm. And I think it. I looked up her age. She's 18 years old. And to be writing your yes. own content, I think, is... yeah. That to me is the most impressive thing. Where I was looking at Drake, and he's not listed. Unless, wait, is he? I don't see him listed. Well, I don't know his full you name. Open the yeah, can songwriters of worms. Aubrey Graham, his real name. Yeah, that's his real name. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But All like, right. also Drake is like, there's a whole argument. Like, does he have ghostwriters? Yeah, I like, think oh, he like he admitted to having ghostwriters. Yeah. But like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have. Every, like, yeah, have like ghostwriters. Kind of, they get their credit. Sometimes they may not. Like you know, get like the. So this is like like f- academic integrity for artists. <laughs> <laughs> but like this brings. But like, they get away with it. Yeah, and this goes back to my point. Like you see, it's two writers in the song, so maybe like it's like Olivia, like you know, speaking from her experience, making it her own, mm. but then also another person helping her. Like, okay, how Daniel can I make this Leonard better? Leonard. How can I make it like you know popular? Mm-hmm. So can I ask about like the lyrics, right? So Drake's perspective, right, was like there possibly right was a breakup and like i'm like sad 
that you've changed, right? And like, but what's the tone of this one? I was getting like a kind of like a sarcastic vibe at first. Yeah. Because it's like, well, good for you, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the, I guess you moved on. Very bitter. Really, like, easily. So it's like, part of me wants to be happy, but, like, I'm still mad. Mm, yeah, it's, like, bitter, sarcastic. Because she didn't move on yet. Because <laughs> I don't think so. But. Like, what really gets me in this song is the bridge, right? Where That part that's different from the rest of the song, where she's like, maybe I'm too emotional, right? But your apathy is, like, wound and salt. Maybe I'm too emotional. Maybe you never cared at all, right? Like, that's that stereotype, right? Like, women, like, they're too emotional when stuff happens, but she's mm -hmm. kind of flipping the script, right? Like, she's trying to give space for that, but then she's saying, like, but actually, like, maybe you just actually never cared. Like, maybe that was the problem. And, like, you know, just thinking back to, like, her real life stuff that was all out on the media, like, her ex her co-star was like with another girl i think who used to be another disney star back then from like i forgot what show mm. it was because i wasn't really watching like disney probably <laughs> like when i became a teenager because that's around the time girl meets world yeah i think so that's <laughs> Serena that Carpenter? yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. like around that's that time like when i became a teenager that's when like disney was like and then, like, all their good shows. That's so, what we said when we got through it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like the last, like, decent Disney snow, um, Disney show was um, probably, like, Shake It Up around that time. Because I don't think, mm -hmm. I can't remember what was after Shake It Up. But, like, Ant Farm, like, before mm, yeah. that. Because, like, that's, like, right before that, it was, like, you know, the Sweet Life on Deck and like yeah. the oh, um, Sweet Life on Deck. and like Hannah Montana was yeah. ending around that time. So once those ended, those shows were coming up. So it was like, okay, I'm watching this. When they started as well. introducing like Austin and Allie and like Dog yeah. with the Blog, I was like, I gotta head out. I think I'm too old yeah. for this now. Like <laughs> it's not hitting anymore. the way it used to hit. No. Like I know they have Raven's home. So it's like, okay, oh, if you yeah. wanna have like that old feeling again, then you watch it for Raven. But other than that, it's focused on like the kids really. So it's like, mm -hmm. uh, but, like, yeah, that's why I'm glad they have Disney Plus because you can watch all the old shows mm -hmm. now. So, I think that um, she's definitely sarcastic. Mm -hmm. right. I also kind of feel like, even though, like, like the Hotline Bling and, like, Good For You, like, give off the same energy, lyrically, they're a little more different because yeah. in Drake's song, he's like, you're being different. You're, like, you're, like, you're going out and you're doing things. And he's kind of telling the girl like what she's doing wrong and like what she should be doing but i feel like olivia's song is more like well good like even though it's sarcastic she's not telling him like you've changed you're doing this you should be doing this it's more like you're like doing all these things for yourself now and i'm still upset it's not like even though it's a little more bitter and like rageful i guess you would say like it's not like as hurtful, uh, I guess if that makes sense. But it still gets so like you're saying it still gives him space mm -hmm. to like you're saying like yeah you're doing it mm -hmm. and like good but like it still hurts. Yeah. Versus Drake is like oh you should be different you shouldn't be like doing commanding that. kind yeah. of yeah interesting mm. that's a very interesting take mm -hmm. because I like musically like this song is so much heavier mm -hmm. wouldn't you say like it's so intense like the driving guitars like the screaming and the vocal right so you would think like that would be reflected in the mute in the lyrics mm -hmm. right 
like more commanding and but it's actually flipped mm -hmm. that's so interesting she's like yeah that that's you know i had written that um drake's song was less emotional and the affect was kind of monotone and mm. even key especially just like the instruments that was used yeah. in the song is just like you know the sense like you bop with it uh -huh. yeah. so so his 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 dealing with the breakup is kind of like i there is a distance there like an emotional distance yeah whereas olivia rodrigo's song is like so intense and mm -hmm. so so um you know, so forceful. Mm -hmm. And yet, that's interesting that Drake seems to be a little bit more, his reach is a little bit more intrusive into mm -hmm. what she should be doing, whereas Olivia is just kind of processing her own, her own, you know, mm -hmm. difficult feelings of dealing with somebody that's moving on. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. do want to bring up the point, the the kind of like hot topic of like the Paramore song oh, that yeah. kind of matches this. Are Do you, you guys, are you guys all familiar with, like, the controversy? Yeah. So, if, like, after listening to the song, um, a lot of people are like, this kind of sounds like um, Paramore's misery business. And so... Maybe we should play that. Yeah. Just yeah. So our, I don't so know we, if you guys yeah. know. Yeah. There's definitely an issue of like, oh, did she like, like copy like the, I guess like the instruments or like the lyrics or like the flow of the song. Especially the chorus. Yeah. Okay, I can see what they're talking about. I think I think it's tough because you know we are exposed to so many different sounds mm -hmm. that she could have heard this you know so many years ago and never really paid attention but somehow it's like in the mind or the psyche in uh, some place and then mm -hmm. she writes this and it feels very spontaneous but also like you see like I feel like the instruments were similar like she's just a songwriter right so I feel like people or like quick to like you know come at the person who sang in the song, but about the people like who are like producing uh, it yeah. and like you know like the people that are like you know, basically like in the background that you never like really hear about unless you just read, like you know the credits of the song. So maybe it's not her fault. There's like a big picture issue here that we talked a little bit about the other the other week is like the issue of like. Um, who owns what you know like can you own a musical idea like mm -hmm. can you own a set of words right and that's like the point of copyright right is to say like this is owned by someone right and does that lend itself to like artistic freedom does that hinder it does it protect artists you know, that's a big can of worms <laughs> that we could do whole podcasts about. But this like brings up that issue and it's happened in so many other cases, 
right? Like, um, I think there was one with Katy Perry pretty recently too, mm-hmm. right? Like, can you own something? And how do you prove that, that someone violated that? Mm-hmm. All right, should we move on? Good choices, okay. Hannah. So I guess you can start with the Aaliyah song. Yeah. Only because, like, it's kind of like the direct opposite of the Good For You song. Ooh. But also, like, when like, you were speaking about Drake and, like, speaking about basically, like, how it kind of, like, downplay certain women i just thought about like his connection with alia and like he has a tattoo of her face on his body so mm. wait just, really yeah he did he got a tattoo of a lot of people faces on his body but like alia is definitely one of them um like there's a lot of like unreleased music between the two like you know of course like songs that were never like finished on oh, her wow. part i didn't know that. and like he like kind of like you know i guess he worked with her uncle like you know like under the radar kind of mm. and like even like the uncle said like he's like working on like a album with her unreleased music and like he has like different artists that like may contribute to it so he was like staying cool. like snoop dogg drake beyonce and stuff like that because i think her and like beyonce actually like they knew each other and he's claimed that like back then like she used to help her write so oh, wow. and you know beyonce is like always talented but um yeah so like with the Aliyah song, like one thing that just stuck out to me was like when I'm looking at the Olivia song, I got the vibe that was like a sarcastic, like good for you, or like, a, like um, the idea, like okay, like if the way I'm feeling, like whatever I'm feeling right now, if that ever happens to you, then like it will be like an actual, like legit good for you. Like I wouldn't care if it happens. Like if you feel how I feel, and like with this song, I care for you. Um, you can see like Aaliyah is, you know, it seems like she's like interested in this person, like, and she's been interested in this person for a while and looking at them in a way where they can like kind of have like a romantic relationship. And like, he like was like done bad by his significant other that he was dealing mm. with. And like, she's there for him to like basically cry on her shoulder. So. Like, that's the vibe I was getting throughout the entire song. And, like, if you listen to the song, it's just, like, a... I don't want to say catchy, but... Because, like, what's catchy to me may not be catchy to everybody else. Mm. But, like, just, like, the slow jam, like, the the 90s, like, R&B vibe, like, that's catchy to me. So I'm listening to the song, and it's, like, catchy. And she's, like, talking, like, so smooth and, like, like, a calm tone and... It's like, you know, it's like she's having a conversation with the person. Like, you can talk to me. Like, I'm here for you. I care for you. And, like, that's what, like, you know, got me, like, you know, like, hooked on the song. And, like, one thing that's interesting to me is how, like, this song was supposed to be on her second album. But um, it didn't finish until after, like, that album was kind of done. The song itself didn't, like, finish until, like, way after, like, the album was supposed to be set to release. So she just moved it on to the next album, which was the album that she dropped like the month before she had passed away. And she actually said like, this was like one of her favorite songs. Cause I feel like that album that she had made, which was the second one, it was her becoming her own artist. Because I mean, I don't know if a lot of people may know, but like the first album that she made, I think she was probably like 14, maybe 15. Wow. And it was like basically like written and produced by R. Kelly. 
Yeah. Isn't there like a controversy right now that they were they had like a like a thing going I on? I think they got married. Oh yeah. So wow. Oh, they got married when she was when that she was young. Super young. So wow. yeah, basically like the the quick story about that cuz like I've been like up to date with like all this stuff cuz like it was a question that was asked like oh like does like R Kelly like like his whole like you know his whole life vac- like basically overshadow the releases of like her music right now and i was just saying like no like because she was her own person like yeah she did have a relationship with him and that was like only the first like around the first album but after that like even like when people were interviewing her she kind of like was like no like we don't deal with each other like you know i wish the best for him but like yeah like they had got married his tour manager like spoke in court about it and basically stated like I was the person to get the fake IDs for them. I told R. Kelly the same right, but like he was scared that she may have been pregnant, so he wanted to marry her. So like just in she case they could 15. get an abortion. Wow. Yeah. Wait, she got married at fifteen to yeah. R. Kelly. Oh, I thought it was like oh, but yeah. they, that's really different. But he <laughs> also yeah, and he also like described like the like environment it was like you know the person like who did like like you know marry them like it was he wasn't like you know like really like with it because he could see how Aaliyah was young but like they weren't like dressed up or anything it was like both in like sweatsuits and like matching sweatsuits and they said like they both had like one leg sleeve rolled up for both like for a sweatsuit I'm not sure why but like yeah he just basically like married her because like they were scared that she was maybe pregnant and like, since they marry, I guess that can lead to like him requesting for her to get an abortion, just in case. Wow, I gotta read up on that because I didn't know that yeah. history. It's like everything coming out in court now, so it's like. It's funny. I think that it's interesting. Her legacy is so strong. Hmm. I think she's been able to survive. Like her catalog has been able to survive outside of R. Kelly. I yeah. don't think that. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, like. Because you know, at fifteen, you're you're still a child, and yeah. so yeah. And that first album wasn't the best, and like people were saying how like since like R. Kelly had so much creative control over that first album, it was a lot of like slow jams and stuff like that. It wasn't like really, and like her voice, I felt like he was like like you know keeping her in a box, and like wasn't like letting her be able to, you know, just like be as vocally talented and strong as she is. And I feel like in the last two albums, like especially like this song, like we can see like her range within her voice. Ugh. Like she's kind of grown into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So I mean the fact that R. Kelly's not getting played anymore, but her catalog's being released and people are still appreciating mm-hmm. what she's able to do. I mean, good for her. She was mm-hmm. able to kind of I mean for lack she was able to her music was able to be listened to um, the when I was listening to this song, I felt like it held up. Like it mm-hmm. didn't seem dated to me in a bad way. No. Um, yeah. Like, what do you think? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say it definitely is that like '90s R&B vibe. Like her mm-hmm. voice is very like sensual and just like beautiful to listen to. Like mm-hmm. the first time I listened to it, I wasn't even listening for the lyrics, and I was like, oh my god, yes, her voice. Like it's just like. Mm. It feels good to listen to. Yeah. Did you guys notice the percussion? Yeah. It the beatboxing. Yeah, it's Wait, all what? mouth noises, like Wait, the drums. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like, 
like all the. Mm-hmm. I did not. And I credit that. that because of uh, you know Timbaland. Tim- is he on this track? Yeah, he's well, like he was. Like, he was doing all that yep. stuff. Right? Him and Missy Elliott mm. were both a part of this, and like yeah. they both had close relationships with her. Like so, like they were like involved with like, a lot of her hits. Mm. Like you see another icon always, always yeah. producing something good. Mm-hmm. And like when she passed, like they both were hit hard. So, because mm-hmm. yeah. like they were like so like heavily involved with, like, with her like development, like after her, um, after her first album. So like yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to note too that Rashard is wearing an Aaliyah sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> not like a super fan or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It was just like okay, like I like wearing black. Not be intentional. Because I was like wearing black, and it's like okay, like it's just like I just grab a black hoodie <laughs> when I'm yeah. at my house, and it's like okay. Do other people like do people see you and be like, oh my gosh? Yes, Aaliyah. all the time. Really? Like, every, yeah. like literally, like I'll just go get food, or I'll just be walking, and like. Oh my God, like, I love your hoodie. And then just start speaking about her. And I'm like, oh. But yeah, like all the time somebody compliments my hoodie. <laughs> so this song to me, it, it felt like it's, it's a really positive message. It's mm-hmm. a really caring, empathetic song. I like how it's like, it's sensual, but it's not hypersexualized. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't feel like she's, um, you know, especially. I don't feel like it's overly done in that way, but it's subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern is that, like, gosh, I hope she's not like moving in on somebody, and then she's going to be the rebound. <laughs> yeah, she does so, say like, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting that like you say that because I felt like in this album, like she was just starting to like get ready to like express herself, and like um, one thing I was going to say for stars, first thing I was going to say was that I feel like. Like, right now, I feel like she's, like, way ahead of her time. Yeah. Like, music that we listen to from, like, her or, like, Janae Aiko and stuff like that. Like, or, like, Kalani. Like, they give off, like, a similar mm-hmm. type of vibe. Like, with their, like, you know, like, slow jams and, like, R&B songs. So, I want to say that, for starters. But then I also wanted to say how, like, I feel like, like, as I said before, like, I feel like R. Kelly kept her in a box with her first album. Then her second album was like, you know, her like just like scratching the surface and like this album was her like starting to like mo- like express herself more and like, you know, her feelings, like her personality. And like maybe she was okay with that because there's another song and it gave me like a vibe from, I'm not sure if you're familiar with SZA, mm. but SZA The Weeknd, it's a song The Weeknd, like, you know, basically uh-huh. she's saying like, um, she got a cover for the weekend. Yeah, you haven't like, heard the be, song. Right? Basically, like, saying, my man is my man is your man, her man. Like it's just about like. No. It's basically Not saying like, like she's okay being a side yeah. chick. We should be taking notes on like songs to listen to. You guys to have later. to create a playlist. <laughs> yeah, I but think it's, I live under a rock. No, but <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like in the song like SZA is saying that she's okay being a side chick, and when I say Aaliyah was way ahead of her time, I think I believe the song is I can be. And that song, I Can Be, is basically saying that she's okay being a side chick as well. So, I mean, it's just like, she was like very private, like as a person. But I feel like, you know, she was just expressing her personality. And I feel like, although like, you know, that thing with R. Kelly was terrible. I feel like her experience with him, like kind of like, it had her mature at an earlier age. Because, like, she knew what not to accept anymore. 
and she knew what she wanted to accept in life after that. Interesting. Like, I felt like in this album, like, from, like, start to finish, like, she, like, just knew exactly what she wanted. Like, the first song, I believe the title of it is, like, We Need a Resolution. Mm-hmm. So, like, that oh, song, that starting song. off with that song, I just feel like, okay, like, she's mature now. She knows what she wants. She knows what she's not going to accept anymore. And that's the vibe that I got throughout the whole entire album. Mm-hmm. I also think it's, like, just becoming, like, famous and, like, starting to, like, produce music at a young age. Right. Like, even Michael Jackson, like, mm-hmm. his sound completely changed as he grew up. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it's also kind of normal for her to start one way and, like, sort of progress in a different direction. Which is, like, blossoming sure. as she yeah. continues. Yeah. The voice gets more mature. It, like, mm-hmm. it deepens. It mm-hmm. grows up. One thing I really loved about this song that I think is kind of typical, too, of this genre in this time is, like, the repeating lyrics mm-hmm. or, like, yeah. the, like, yeah. it's almost like ad-libs, right? Like, now you hear about, like, Migos, right? And the right. ad-libs, like, <laughs> a future, right? But this is, like, kind of, this is, like, a precursor to that. And, like, even farther back in the past, right? Like, Beatles songs, like, the, they would sing the lyric and then, like, shout, or, like, substitute, right? It's, like, this kind of call and response thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that is, like, really reflected in here. And it's almost like a whisper in your ear, you know what I mean? It's like it's like so subtle, mm-hmm. but like it drives that point home. It makes it more intimate, I think. But when you see the the lyrics laid out like this, it's it's obvious. Yeah. Like it becomes a lot more apparent. Like, right. Oh, there is an echo. Yeah. I mean, it was like hard for me to choose a song because it was like so many songs. It was a good pick. Like yeah. I feel like this album was like the best album, but like it just made I feel like because she passed away a month later. The focus is more on her like passing rather than like the music because oh. like how can you enjoy somebody that just passed right. like so it was like you know and she was very popular at, like within like her few years in the industry so and she had like, a lot of like connections and knew a lot of people so it's like yeah like I just felt like this album was like it showed a lot of maturity like throughout her career mm. I felt like her short-lived career let's go into self-control by frank ocean yeah. this was a really interesting pick i'd never heard it this is one of my favorite albums of all time really this whole album is so amazing like i felt like i kind of was sleeping on frank ocean like not as an artist i would say it's just like you know like how you listen to so much music sometimes that you may not like, you know, get to listen to everybody that you really want to listen to. Oh. So it's like me, like I'm always on top of music and I'm always like saving music. Like as soon as like it hits Friday and the music come out. But it's a lot of albums that I still have yet to listen to because it's just like I listen to a few albums or like a few songs. I'm just hooked on it because it sounds so good. And like Frank Ocean, like, you know, like the songs like Thinking About You or like Novocaine. Mm. Like those are like popular songs that I heard of him, heard from him back then. And like, you know, I was like, okay, like he's a great artist. I I like him. And then like people always spoke about like this album and I never like listened, like really like listened to it to like, you know, actually like just like listen to everything. Mm-hmm. So like that other night I just started playing some of his music and I'm like, oh, like this song is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And like it kind of like the way it starts off, like the like instruments and like just like you would never think that it slows up 
right yeah, after that. That was a surprise. So then I was like, hold up. It caught me by surprise. <laughs> and then like, I'm listening to it like late night. I'm just laying in my bed, I got my AirPods in. So like, I hear the full effect and like, you know, like the AirPods is noise cancellation. <laughs> and like, you know, Apple like updated like their app where like, it's just like basically like the effects make it to where like you sound like you're actually in the studio. Spatial like, audio. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, I was hearing all the sounds, <laughs> like all the sounds. But like the song was like interesting to me because like I do have like a few notes in the song. And like I feel like he was talking about having a relationship with somebody. But the vibe there was like he's very mature. Like Frank Ocean himself is mature. Like, he's already, like, experienced a lot of, like, relationships and, like, love and stuff like that. But the person that he wants to deal with is, like, I don't want to say immature as a person, but, like, kind of, like, just not, like, experienced enough. And that's what I was getting from this mm. song. Like, he wants to make it work, but... I got... So, and this could all be in my head, so mm. let me know what you guys think. In my head, he met somebody... Mm -hmm. in maybe it was a vacation maybe it was somebody's house maybe it was a house party but he met somebody who was already in a relationship they had kind of like this clandestine like get together like in a movie like a party fueled yeah. night and then um they go back to their regular relationship and this is frank ocean or, or whoever is the main character of the story kind of dealing with the processing of that experience mm -hmm. and how they're not in a relationship, they're not together, but he's kind of always getting drawn to mm -hmm. this other person. So when I heard like the low version where it's a white part, I was like kind of thinking like, okay, like I thought like of it like literal, like, <clears throat> like he was saying, so like first he's saying that I'll be the boyfriend in your wet dreams tonight. So when I heard that part, I'm like, okay, basically the person that he's dealing with is only so experienced to only like experience mm -hmm. <laughs> wet dreams. Mm -hmm. So then after that, he says a little version where's the white? Because, you know, think about it in terms of like religion and stuff like that. Like, you know, your virginity is like so, you know, like I guess you could say like sacred to like the person or like so like you know, person, like, something that, like, you, like, hold so, like, dearly to you. And, like, you know, the white is always affiliated with the religion of, like, you know, being a Christian. So I was thinking that he was speaking to the person's, like, sexual experiences and, like, how, like, you know, he's, like, very mature in terms of sexual experiences, but the person he's trying to deal with isn't. Hannah, do you want to go? Because I have some thoughts. But I think you should go. I'm still formulating okay. thoughts. So I'll preface this by saying um, I listened to this one podcast called Dissect. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of it. But he basically goes through a whole album and, like, dissects each song in, like, 40-minute episodes. And there's one for this song or, or for this whole album. But, like, he does this song. like So I've listened to it already, so I have a few ideas. Um but one thing I think this song really hits on and why it just feels so good is, like, the nostalgia of it. Yeah. Like, there's a there's an innocence to this song that mm -hmm. I think is reflected in a lot of ways. To me, I hear it as, 
like this is a memory of something from Frank Ocean's past, right. which can like a summer night with, and they're both inexperienced. I don't like there's a general overall sense of that to me. Um, and I think a really interesting point that this guy raised on this podcast is like the beginning of the song is in that really high pitched voice, yeah. right? Like poolside, right? And like that auto tuned kind of effect, I think is meant to portray like literally like a child's voice. Ah. The fact that it's so pitched up like that, like it's mm-hmm. calling back to a time. And also he says the word shive, which is like New Orleans slang. And he's from New Orleans, like when he was young, like that's where he was raised. So to me, that's like setting the scene. Like it's calling, it's calling him back to this memory from youth, like maybe like first love, right? Right. Like, do we have time, right? Like it sounds like, like, do we have time to do this tonight? And do we have time to like tell this story? I hear that as. And... the, oh. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The um, when, just to jump in on mm. the um, point about the higher pitch sound, it's also a rewind. Mm. Like that's how when you rewind yeah. audio. That's yeah. And exactly. I also want to add, like, in the second part of the song, like right after like the first, oh, the opening of the song, like he says, uh, "I wish I was there. Wish we'd gr- um, grown up on the same advice." Mm. So, like, that speaks to the point of it. Like, you know. Like basically, like a like a past memory, like something that, like he did experience before, and and where he's saying so to me, it's like a very a very similar to what you guys are thinking. There there's a longing in the song, mm. and then when the part that threw me off when he was like, um, "Where I'll lay in between you two or something like that. Keep a place for keep me. Keep a place for me. Yeah, I'll sleep between you. y'all. It's nothing. Yeah, it does seem to me like like either. Like, like physically, like in that moment, yes. But also, like, I kind of read it as like, like keep a place for me in your thoughts, like as you move on and like sleep with other people, yeah. like right. meet other people, uh, like keep mm-hmm. a space for me in there, like. Right. Well, I also there. thought of it as um, I thought of it as that as well, but I thought of it also as um, like you know this lover now is with somebody else right. it could be that yeah. and like he doesn't care about that exactly mm-hmm. so like basically like you know just keep a spot for me like, like i don't I, care I what y'all because she's saying i'll see between y'all it's nothing mm. it's nothing it's nothing keep a place for me for me so like he keeps saying like it's nothing it's nothing it's nothing to me he's repeating it like yeah it's nothing to me like i want to i want you to understand like it's nothing to me that you're with somebody else mm. And the title, right? Like self-control, right. like having that self-control, right? And he has the lines like, it seems to me, it seems like maybe they met up for a while and then had distance, but they're meeting up again, right? Because he says, now and then you miss it. Sounds make you cry. Some nights you dance with tears in your eyes, right? Like you miss this. And then I came to visit because you see me like mm-hmm. a UFO. That's like never because I made because I made you use your self-control, right? That's what the UFO. That's yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like I feel like when I thought about UFO, like it's something that you rarely see. I thought so. That's it how was I thought like about somebody it. that was like hovering, like oh, what? like this kind is of, what Frank Ocean's so <laughs> good at, oh. like multiple meanings in the same so, line. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, like when I got like so basically, like what I got from that part when he was saying like now and then you miss it. Sounds make you cry. Some nights you dance with tears in your eye. Like, I feel like that part was speaking about, like, the emotional aspect of, like, their relationship. Mm. Like, they had, like, 
nights where like it was just like so intimate and like so emotional that it made them cry. And then like he's saying like I came to visit you because you see me like a UFO, and he said that's like never. So like the person feels like they never see Frank Ocean because mm. it's rare that you see a UFO. Like how many people can say that they've seen that they have seen like a UFO? So I feel like that line was like basically like mm. Frank comparing himself to a UFO, saying like you know you rarely see me, so that's why I came to see you. So this I feel like we could go on. This oh, can I make of, one more point? Yeah, sorry, really quick. Um, the at the end, right, where he says, "I know you got to leave, take down some summertime." If you look at the words that are repeated three times, it says, "I leave tonight." Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> I did not catch that. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So it's like they only have that night, right? It sounds like a secret message, right? Like when you're meeting with someone like DL, like, uh-huh. like you're like, oh. Like you're saying it without saying it. Right? Isn't that awesome? I just heard that on that podcast. I was like, whoa, I hadn't thought that. And then one more thing, the the line, you cut your hair, but you used to live a blonded life. There's actually a lot of controversy if he says blonded or blinded. That's No one knows. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think it kind of gets at the same meaning, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, like innocence, right? Right. Like some children, like they have blonde hair, but once they hit puberty, like it get it's not blonde anymore. Or like you cut your hair, right? You used to live a blinded life, like it was in your eyes, but now mm. you see, right? So it's about like growing right. up, like losing innocence. I just thought that was interesting. And yeah, and you see like little version wears the white, so mm. yeah. So Doesn't it also go back to that thing that it's like nobody ever forgets their first time? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they'll always be in the back of their mind. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the little virgin wears the white and the Milan about cutting your hair used to live a blonded life. Like it just because you know people always compare or connect your um you know your virginity to like your innocence. Like that's your innocence, mm-hmm. and like once you lose it, then you're not innocent no more. I guess people ref- like you know say, mm-hmm. and like like you said, like um you cut your hair but you used to live a blonded life. So mm. as like you know. The vision or just, yeah. like, the changing of the hair. And also, like, the at the end, right? Like, think about this in comparisons to Drake to Drake's message, right? Like, Drake is saying, like, like you have to leave, right? Like, or, like, you, you're leaving me and, like, I don't like it, basically, you know? Like, yeah. But here, Frank Ocean, he's saying, like, I know you've got to leave. Take down some summertime. Just give up tonight. Like, I know you've got someone coming. Cause you're spitting game, like you've got right. So like, mm-hmm. like you're. I know it's gonna happen. Like it's fine. Just like give me tonight, or like give me like some space in your mind. Like don't forget, basically. Right. That's what he's saying. But it's not. It doesn't seem malicious at all. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Drake is like, you're changing. I'm seeing that theme again that we were talking uh-huh. about in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to throw those in because I love this song. Like mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, I like this. I love the song too. This was a really good pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> so like four songs that you know some people listen to and just take for granted, like oh, there's songs on the radio. Like once you dive into them, holy cow! Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of rich stuff here. So mm-hmm. it's like when your English teacher would be like, 
they'd say like the curtains are blue. Have you seen that meme? Or like, like the Great Gatsby. You're right. <laughs> like, oh, it means this, this, and there's, there's like what the author mean, the curtains are blue, right? But actually there's like a lot, maybe they intended it, maybe they didn't, right, right. in the lyrics, but you can find it. And that's what's the important thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hit stop. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>